You're listening to Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement, hosted by Brian and Andy. And the quote of the day is, if you make only one change after reading this book, let it be getting more sleep. Burnout, page 164. I love that quote. That quote is, (laughs) I I know that, uh, so this is the last episode for this book and, you know, the last chapter and everything goes into some really really great stuff but they even said the authors even said in this quote right if there's anything you get from this book let it be getting more sleep (laughs) oh that's what does that tell you right and you know what is interesting so i went through recently a journey so about four months ago or five months ago Um, I decided I was getting really horrible sleep and there is nothing worse than horrible sleep. And then I was on a job where I was working nights every once in a while. So I was getting horrible sleep. And on Thursday nights, I was staying up. I could be staying up all night because there was like constant calls. I was on call. And then every fifth week, I think I was on call for like 52 hours. It was, it was a horrendous and lack of sleep will make a huge difference. Now, I also had sleep apnea. That's right. So I snored. So as soon I went and got a sleep study. So I took care of myself. I went and got a sleep study and I got the CPAP machine, which is, and it is a total game changer. Like even when I kind of have a restless night, it's nothing compared to what I used to get even on a, I mean, it's cognitively you have, the difference is noticeable, like extremely noticeable. Even on bad sleep nights, you're just like, I I at least got three or four hours of solid sleep. And I went from one or two episodes every once in a while uh, of sleep problem, you know, where they say you had some sort of sleep movement or woke up. I was like at 27 to 52, something like that episodes per hour so i would wake myself up 27 to 52 events per hour jeez that is that is not good and it was all snoring because you snore then you wake up a little bit and you're never you're never completely asleep unless you unless i took like a sleeping pill and then i was groggy and it was not very good yeah sometimes Sometimes those don't necessarily get you into the real restful sleep. You might be out, but you know, um, and I'm not a sleep expert. But there's all these different brain wavelengths that you can track that show what level of sleep you're in, you know, and there's like the REM sleep and all that. But yeah, some of those pills, they get you asleep, but not, not into that restful processing, rejuvenating kind of sleep. Right. And so I never for I mean, it was like years of this. And some of it had to do with, you know, physical health where I was a little overweight. Um, But additionally, 
I noticed that as I got older, it just got worse. And then I, the last four or five years, I was just like, okay, now it's just time to go take care of it. And I wish I would have done it on year one, you know, like your day one. Like as soon as I started noticing that I was getting un, really bad sleep, I wish I would have done something then because I would have been caught just at a better space because sleep and, and you can sleep deprives you completely of knocks you, you know, completely out of functioning. Right. And so that your body can repair itself and it goes into those rooms. So lack of sleep will not have the ability to, and there's brain restoration. I remember somebody telling me that your brain can't reset if you don't get good sleep. That was like one of the key takeaways that sleep, the sleep apnea, I guess, or a person was telling me is that your brain doesn't reset and be able to get to a base level again. And you're always like kind of awake and you don't get rid of some of the, I guess there's a little bit of brain swelling or something that happens and it reduces that if you get really good sleep. And it was, it, it was noticeable. And so, yes, yes. Take sleep very seriously. It, it is, it is a mental health must in my opinion. I mean, it's, well, it's not just opinion. It is scientifically proven if you don't sleep, if you don't get enough rest, you will die. Sleep deprivation is like a torture tool that has been used, you know? And uh, it's so interesting. So so that chapter that talks all about it, there's like these three things that um, Amelia and Emily, uh, the authors of the book, um, point out. <laughs> it's, really, it's really fun. They don't actually list them like this, but it's like at the end of um, a couple different paragraphs. Or they say, if you're not going to sleep, dot, 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 you know, fills in like this is what's going to happen, right? Or you better not do these things. So number one that I that I caught, and there might be others, but this is what I, what I noticed. Number one, and this is all on page 162 to 163, if you're, if you're doing the, the reading and not audible. Um, if you're not going to sleep, better not exercise. So that's number one. So sleep, if you had to choose to, between waking up early to go to the gym or sleeping in and not exercising at all, choose sleep. That's what that's saying. Sleep is going to be more beneficial. You're more prone to accidents and injury and all these things if you don't get enough sleep. And it kind of makes exercise nil. The benefit, the health benefit of exercise when compromising sleep, is it voids it. Voids it. So don't exercise if you're not getting sleep. Well, choose to sleep over exercise, that is. Number two, if you're not going to sleep, you're studying and practicing for nothing. Wow. So <laughs> I used to uh, get up at 4.30 in the morning to practice drums because I didn't really have another time that I could. It was just like on a practice pad. Obviously, drums uh 4:30 in the morning that's probably not that's not going to be good right yeah actually at 4:30 smashing cymbals waking up the baby and the wife and then the neighbors getting called on uh you know cops showing up at the door no that never happened uh so just a little rubber plastic or rubber uh practice pad quiet little thing right but 4:30 in the morning and uh it was exhausting 
you know, but it was like the time that I had. Um, but a lot of that, like after reading this and looking at the studies, man, it was being compromised, just like the exercise. Your, your brain and your body just won't be able to move all those things that you're studying and practicing into long-term memory, into muscle memory. Because you know, sleep is what processes that and solidifies it. You know, so again, if you're not going to sleep, you're studying and practicing for nothing. It's probably not for nothing. That's probably a little bit too extreme. But uh, it's just not going to be as good if you're not getting sleep or rest. Third one. If you're not getting adequate sleep, better avoid talking to other humans. <laughs> Been there, done that. I can yes. Mean. I can be irritable and annoying and rude. <laughs> well, you're not processing right. And that's the whole thing that is really the piece here. You're not resetting. And so if your brain doesn't reset and it doesn't have time to relax and your body doesn't have time to recuperate, then you're on edge and it puts you more in a fight or flight syndrome to where people you're, you're always looking at things as something that's coming at you because you're not able to process it correctly. So you're going back into like if you if, if you believe in evolution, I'm not going to assume that everybody believes in evolution, but you're going into that very simple mind where you're fight or flight, where is this is this something that's going to attack me? And so you'd rather attack first because, you know, if somebody comes and says something to you, you're going to take more offense to it then because you're always looking to be attacked and your body is just in a very simplistic mind that is in basically in that base model. Yeah, it's in, in the base model. It's not in that cognitive model where you're, you know, you're not just you're just reacting to things when you're getting not getting enough sleep. Cognitively, you're not able to handle the processing. And thus yeah. is why you are in this more irritable, more, you know, your emotions go wild because you don't have the cognitive control and coping skills that you normally have. And, and and even you know like we were uh, we were just talking, um, you know we it, it, every human has nights where they just don't sleep very well. Um, I have a tendency if I don't take like melatonin, I still take a melatonin or something kind of natural to help me kind of just keep myself in sleep. Make myself my body just needs that cue because my mind won't shut off at times. And so it'll be up and it'll be thinking about, you know, stuff that happened that day process, you know, it'll start processing through like s silly things, you know, that I yeah. don't want to be, but you're, because my mind won't shut off. So you're not completing and, the stress cycle, Andy. Exactly. <laughs> well, the other thing is that I notice is that, um, and they've done studies on, people going to bed while watching television or uh, with your screen, you know, you're looking at your phone right before bed. Um, it, you have a tendency to not fall asleep as well because your mind is still aware and it's still processing things. So you should have some 
unwind time. And they kind of mentioned that. So what was, so they say they don't do this, but what was their recommendations? And that was what I was, I remember reading the yeah. recommendations, but. Well, you know, they, they, they really dove into um, turning away from the human giver syndrome. Cause that is what is telling uh, people, especially women, um, that they they can't get enough sleep, right? Like they have to get all these other things done first before they can rest, or there's just not enough time. They have, you know, as soon as they get the baby to bed, or as soon as they get home from work, or you know, like the second shift begins, or you know, if you don't, whatever is going on, whatever your situation is as a woman, right, and as a man, um, because we're we're experiencing this too as men. In a lot of ways, not so much as women, though. Let's throw that out there. It's not so much a cultural thing for men as, as it is for women. Uh, it's like, well, no, I can't. As, as soon as I'm able to finish this or do that, then I will, right? I'll take care of myself then. And that's what this whole book has been about, human giver syndrome and how it compromises our ability to be our best selves and be healthy. So... We first need to recognize that. We first need to recognize that we are going to get in our own way by telling ourselves these false lies in our head that we have to do these other things first. My needs need to come after others. And that's not true. Your needs have to, have to come before others. It's the old airplane analogy. If you're on an airplane and there's some issues and those oxygen masks drop, they always tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before you help the person next to you. Otherwise, you're going to pass out. I really, really have always thought that that analogy was um, so profound. And that's, I think that when they say this thing about the quote, where we're talking about the fact that sleep is so important. Um, in in that is the fact that you're taking care of all the things that they are talking about in this book. So therein lies the reminder daily, I need to get sleep. Well, in order to do that, you have to stop being a human giver all the time. Start taking care of your needs. Yeah. Raise that awareness. Figure out the, right. when that human giver syndrome is, is rearing its ugly head. Right. And then thinking about all of the other things that they started talking about in the book to be able to take care of those needs so that you're not in that cycle, you know, you know, very relaxing, being able to relax before you go to bed. That's a that's a key, you know, to be able to relax, to go to sleep. And in order to relax, you have to do these things to help get out of the, the human giver syndrome. But then also recognizing, you know, having people around you helping recognize um, how they can help you get out of those modes. So this also book is also a discussion point. And this is how I use it or have used it so far is this is a discussion point for males to have with females. Like I read this book. And it said that you do this and you can see it. You can, you know, hopefully males oh, yeah. that have read this with us have been able to see the things in their spouse or, you know, their partner, whatever, 
and been able to see it and then additionally recognize those pieces in them and find and then having that discussion with them to be able to help them remove some of these boundaries you know because this is how change happens it happens one little just like with the little you know little pebble in the pond you start having these discussions and big ripples will start occurring you know big changes will start occurring around you because you're more aware and additionally this is you know for females recognizing this you know the, the added awareness that you're in this cycle without knowing it is probably huge and hugely profound and i think that that's what if you take you know other than this if you take one thing away from the sleep remembering sleep is that important and how this book can help guide you to that nirvana piece that place of you know where you are able to get the sleep because you're taking care of all of the things that they discussed in this book yeah well well said andy you know <laughs> as you as you're talking i'm thinking like man they could have you know you can sum up this book by basically saying stop putting your own needs to the side and focus on yourself so that you can be a better version of you not for anyone but for you right because and then I, 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 I think this was this was a really cool part of this chapter um where it's like uh you know, you are not here to be productive. You are here to be you. You know, it's like, oh, I need to be the best version of myself so I can go and take care of my work and take care of other people. No, that's human giver syndrome. I mean, it's good to to want to help others and to be there. You know, we want to be um, living in a world where we're not selfish. You know, but like, what's the balance there? You know, right. when do you say no to others so that you can charge your battery for your own sake? So you can do the things that are important to you. I I would almost go to this point in coming from a Buddhist perspective is that if you do not take care of your, if your compassion is not for yourself, it is not complete. And compassion indicates that I need to take care of my needs as well. My needs are just as important as everybody else's. 100%. And, um, you know, I, I actually thought it was kind of funny in the book. I, I, I noticed that maybe there was this, like, uh, ironic kind of thing. So on page 183 of the book, there's this part where they said, the people I love and the work I care about deserve me at my best, not exhausted and cranky and unfocused. And I thought, you know, that was one of the things that they said, like, you can tell yourself to help you not give in to the giver, the the human giver syndrome, you know, and I was, I was thinking like, but isn't that human giver syndrome? That you're only doing things for the other people? So not necessarily. Some of this stuff you have to. There, There is certain amount of elements. If you are a parent, for instance, you will still have to give of yourself. But it's back to that, back to what you're talking about with the the mat, the air mask and the airplane. If you don't take care of yourself, you cannot be there for others. And that goes for that is there's depth in that statement. There is so much depth of taking care of yourself 
because of sure. you can go into self-care, mental awareness, uh, taking care of your mental health, because you put that filter, if you're not getting the proper sleep, the proper care for yourself, then you are not going to be somebody that is able to help other people adequately. And that's the thing here is that there is a need, a human need to help others. There is a need for that. You cannot do it if you are not mentally, physically able to take care of yourself because you can't do it for others then because you're too busy worrying. You, you have your needs to be met. You are burning out. You're burning out. And that's right. that was the whole premise of this book is that you're burning out because you're not taking care of yourself enough because you're not taking care of your needs, sleep, relaxation, um, understanding, you know, time for yourself, making people around you self-aware that you're not this all-time giver. You know, you are not a consumable good. Right. I love the analogy they had in there of the toothpaste, right? Right. A tube of toothpaste being squeezed relentlessly until empty. I think that is so like wow, that's so true. And you so know, true. I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of having these high expectations of those closest to me to to do things for me as if they are a consumable good. You know, like that is not fair. That is not cool of me. And, you know, it's not like I was doing it consciously. I wasn't trying to be rude, but like I am also a part of this cultural I thing that has pushed women to be human givers. I'm a part of it for sure. I grew up in it. There's things I do that contribute to it. And I'm, I'm trying to be more aware, right? We talked about the blindness in a previous um, episode where we want to be able to look a little bit closer at ourselves, especially as men, to say, how am I contributing to this problem? And what can I do to uh, be a part of the solution? You know, because we, we all benefit um, from, from everyone running at max capacity. From a right. full battery. Well, right, because, well, and there's only a limited amount for and I, this is, I have seen nurses come into my classes who are looking for this answer because they're burnt out and, and they get the ultimate mom job. You know, they're taking care of the sick and dying at all times when they're on their shift. So not only are they females taking care of their own families but they're additionally taking care of other people's family members while they're in their worst moments. You know, when you're sick and dying, um, you are in your worst moment. And so they're taking care of those people constantly without the ability to sometimes like 12, 14 hour shifts. And, you know, especially with this current pandemic, there was, you know, there's people pulling 20 hour shifts, 52 hour shifts crazy shifts sleeping because there just wasn't enough people there was so much icu there were so yeah. many people in the icu units and covid units and they were having to take care of them and there wasn't enough staff but they had to take care of them and that was you know as a nurse or a doctor you felt like this is this is what i signed up for and so they were 
burning themselves out though crazily. So when yeah. the second round came, people were like, I, I know some nurse friends that were just like, I can't do this again. I don't want it. It's going to be very difficult for me to do this again because it's emotional too, because these are, these are, these are people that are, you know, and that's yeah. the one thing that we forget. And that's when we think of consumers, we think about consumable people like toothpaste. They are people. And we need to flip the switch that mom is also mom, wife, partner, people in our lives are not consumable. They are humans with human needs, the same as us. They and when will. you start leveling that playing field and saying, yeah. Right. Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> no, bad. No, it's okay. But when you level the playing field, then you are able to see them and discussions can happen because then you're saying, I see you as somebody that is important. And because of that, I want to help you. And that's a better place that is coming from a more altruistic place than just a giver. I see you and I see your needs and I want to help you, but I have to help myself too. But I also see you. And when you can level that, you know, you can have equanimity for people, then at that point, you can be able to help, but also help yourself. Because you'll see well, them as you'll see them as not consumable. You won't see them as what isn't what 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 do you have for me? You know, this is my story. What is what is your place in my story? You'll be like, hey, this is mm -hmm. our story. Very different space. Our story. Powerful. What you just said. Absolutely powerful. You know, um, our our society gets stuck on the idea of like being independent. And, you know. Um, there's a lot out there about interdependence where we need each other. We cannot be our best selves with each other. And uh, we cannot be our best selves if our own needs aren't being met. And so, I mean, we're better help to ourselves and to other people if we do get our needs met first. The difference between needs and wants, right? Basic human need, sleep and rest. You die without it. And that is the whole purpose of this, right? And that is usually the first thing to go for people experiencing human giver syndrome. No time. I don't have time for that, right? Well, then you're going to die. You're going to burn out. And and and, and the, the fact is, this is, this is just truth. You are 45% more likely to develop some kind of health issue that could lead to death like diabetes or, or heart disease just from not getting enough rest 45 that is almost i mean one in two chance basically that you are going to die <laughs> because you aren't putting your rest needs first you know so um what you can do, right? That, I think that's, we kind of broke off from that. What what can you do to ensure that you're getting rest, right? right. Well, um, there's there's a part in the book, it kind of talks about like your actual sleep, setting aside enough time at nighttime to sleep, trying to change your schedule. Um, and you really have to be a stickler on that. 
have to. You routine, know? routine, routine, routine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And saying no, saying no to yourself and that human giver syndrome that's telling you that you have to do all these other things. You have to say no. And then to other people that might be treating you as a consumable good. You need to be able to say no, and that can be tough. And so you just practice that. You try it in simple ways here and there. But so sleep at night. You got to do that. Number two uh, was food, right? Finding time to eat and making it a restful period, right? So you're not eating and, and working unless, like, you know, what you're doing actually is enjoyable for you. My wife loves uh, to, like, like she, she has a difficult time sitting. But it doesn't mean that she's not resting. It could be human giver, giver syndrome. But she really likes to sit and, and watch TV and fold laundry, which is kind of work. But it's also, for her, movement, which is another one. Um, but she'll also do that kind of while eating. But honestly, I would say uh, figure out what works for you. If it feels restful, if you feel rejuvenated afterwards, then it's probably good. But got to make sure you're getting food. And then third is friends. Uh, a lot of people, um, they start putting off their social needs. Right? You're not you're not communicating with your friends as much. You're not spending time. And you don't have to spend money or anything like that. But, like, you've got to spend time with other people. You've got to. So find some time even if it's just like 10 minutes to a phone call, you know, chat with someone via messenger on Facebook or, or, or whatever, just find some time to be with friends, people that you enjoy being around. And you don't use that time to necessarily vent or talk about awful things, you know, make it, Make it a beneficial, healthy conversation. Unless you need to vent. Talk to a therapist too. <laughs> I would always recommend that. If you're feeling like anytime you're with someone else, all you're doing is venting, uh, you, you need to get a therapist. Okay. Last one is movement. You just need to get some more movement. Go on a walk, go up some stairs, you know, spin in circles. <laughs> just Just move. Just move. And those are four things that they kind of said will will help with rest and hopefully improve sleep. So sleep, food, friends, movement. Those four areas. Very important. Very important. And, and it doesn't have to be. Well, I think sleep is probably, it is in that order. I would say in that order. I think that's a really important thing to have. Movement physical activity really does have a profound effect on sleep. It's the, this is the interesting thing they've done studies on physical activity, like getting your heart rate over whatever it's supposed to be like 150, I think something like that beats per minute, whatever it is for your body. Um, but getting your heart rate up above that for, I think it's like 15, 20 minutes every day will help reduce your anxiety and depression better than any medication can. They said that physical activity is the best antidepressant, anti-anxiety out there. 
So it's not only for better rest, but it also relaxes you so that you can have better rest. Now, they don't suggest doing physical activity before bed. You know, before bed, um, I have read you want to be able to put yourself into a relaxed cycle. So an hour before bed, say, set your timer. And I have actually a timer that says uh, get ready to go to bed. And so about yeah, you're stuck for routine. Yeah, so you just start slowly, you just ramp down. I get start doing your nightly routine. I you know wash your face, you know whatever it is that you do that helps kind of put you in that mood. Some people take a shower at night. Um, sometimes you can do different you know meditation techniques or um, to be able to just put yourself into a more relaxed place to be centered again. And then at that point, you can then, you know, go to sleep. And again, I, I really highly suggest if you have problems with sleep apnea, go get a doctor. If you have sleep problems of any type, go to a doctor as well, at this, you know, to make sure that sleep when study. you do go to sleep, yeah, go get a sleep study. They're really easy. Do it. And yeah, so it's just, it's, it, it really is. Yeah, I did. I did for too many years. And the the cool thing about it is is that um once you get into that there's such good cycles that you can so you're putting yourself especially like meditation at night and just simple breathing meditation where you're just focusing on your breath going in and out for you know 15 minutes 10 minutes then you're able to just calm the mind you're not focused is you know you're not the mind is not racing anymore and then you're able to put yourself into that sleep cycle. And that is the beginning of uh, great change, right? Again, starting with the quote that we shared, if there's anything you get from this book, let it be getting more sleep. Absolutely. I added, like, and this book has so many good things. It so does. many good things. I mean, the last chapter talks about the self-compassion and the mad woman in the attic and how you can make friends with that instead of like getting down yourself and avoiding the self-criticism and the contempt that you put towards yourself. Like so many good things. And yet the author has even said sleep. <laughs> sleep is, is above everything else. Well, People, yeah. focus on getting sleep, please. Right. The interesting thing is, is that this book also was extremely profound and had so many things that I had, that our society has placed on women. And a lot of it's cultural, societal things that are pushed onto women that we just, as men, don't even understand. Mm -hmm. Like uh, simple body, you know, pieces where, you know, the way that women even look at their body it has been profoundly interesting. You know, I can, sh <laughs> I can show up in a t-shirt and a hat. That's, you know, I, and I'm okay. I'm acceptable. If a woman was to do that, they get so judged by other You're women as well as themselves. Or, or, or depressed or lazy. Right. It's like, oh my goodness, the double standards. The it double standards. It's not just in appearance, right? It's, it's in so many so many different areas and it's like they the, the talk about the crazy woman in the attic i mean there's so much to that level of just self-deprecation the you know harming oneself because you don't think you're good enough and you're not 
you're not living up to, you know, the things that are, you think that should be, or that what society has told you so that you're down on yourself and you're, you know, not addressing some of your thoughts. Well, that's a theory that, of looking glass self. You know, when we talk about like when someone gets told the message over and over and over again, they start to believe it kind of thing, right? They see that in themselves as truth because they've seen it over and over. And some and, and women aren't being told, well, many are actually being told straight up and very, very directly, right? That they're not good enough. Lots of abuse and, and awful things, but a lot of it is also just kind of this uh, sub conscious you know marketing and you know the bikini industry complex that we that we read about and so the message is very clear women are not good enough and, and that so, is right so women are going to start believing that because that's what they're being told from a very young age you're not good enough you need to be perfect you need this you need that you know get in line well you think about women were playing with barbies that were like a perfect a perfect you know they they geared barbie after a unrealistic proportioned human and said this is the ideal person go play and put clothes on it that's what you want to be someday and whether mattel wanted to do that or not purposely but they definitely made a doll and now they're trying to make different types of things changes but i still think that you know that was something that was put into our society as and, and is is reinforced by things like that um over and over again and it's i think that we it's time for a change and i think that if you get another thing out of this book it's that we you can do it and your it is it's not insurmountable it's something that we can work on and one pebble can make a huge difference and I think that that's one thing that each one of us can be aware of this now and then find ways to make a change. And if you do one thing, get more sleep. Get more sleep. So let's wrap this up. So this was the book uh, of the month for August. We are now going to be moving on to uh, the next book, um, which, Andy, uh, you want to talk a little bit to us about about that just give a brief introduction and in the next episode we'll go a little bit more into depth about the book about the author and everything like that uh, maybe even get a little bit into the reading um well we really are we are very happy with uh this book burnout we're glad we read it we hope you all enjoyed it and take what it talked about seriously but yeah what is the what is the next book Andy? It is 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos, and it has been written by Jordan Peterson, who Jordan Peterson in recent times is a, he is a noted psychologist, therapist, and has been, he has written several books and now has made a lot of speaking appearances. I see him actually quoted even on things on TikToks and things like that, so He's another, you know, very big thinker for his time um, with a lot of different philosophy and psychology ideas, therapeutic ideas for being able to take care of yourself and change your life as well as around you. So these 12 rules for life are, are 
I think, essential pieces for being able to live a better life and being able to create change for yourself and others. Awesome. I'm excited. So uh, my copy is already on the way. I haven't uh, received it yet, but um, as soon as it gets here, I'm going to start reading. I encourage all of you listeners to go to your local bookstore, go to Amazon or bookshop.org and uh, get this book, read along with us. Um, We're going to be having some guest speakers with us, some guests uh, from the community, um, psychologists, mental health professionals, um, whatnot, that will be joining us in the near future. So stay tuned for that. And follow us on Instagram, uh, Guru's Podcast. Send us an email at guruspodcast1 at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, send us questions. Interact with us. Love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.